Welcome to the Daily Gator Daily Thought for Thanksgiving Eve, I guess it is, the 24th of November, 2021, edition number 176. And we have got some uh, some angst from the left. They're, they're literally losing their minds. Michael Harriet um, writes that the only reason Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted was because white reasoning rules in America. This guy's such a clown. Uh, Slate, where you have to be really a bad writer to write for Slate, and they'll teach you how to be worse. It should be free, apparently, to take your dog to the vet. Well, that's interesting, because next Wednesday I am taking my dog to the vet. Because I care about my dog, I love my dog, and uh, apparently it should be free for some reason. Everyone else should help me pay for my dog. In fact, the only person who shouldn't pay for my dog to get veterinary care vaccinations all this is because i own the dog does that make any sense the moral upside downness of the left my friends let's talk about critical race facts salon wants to talk about political excuse me critical race facts political and critical uh there's an msnbs host who slammed republicans as this white supremacist again that's like a daily occurrence on the MSNBS network of uh, nutcases and radicals. Here's a, there's a new movement, apparently, my friends. It's the uh, anti-work people. That's right, anti-work people will just uh, live wherever as long as they can not get up and go to work or something like that. I have some thoughts on that. Uh, we've got some stupid stuff from Robert Reich. You'd think that short people like him, I think he's like two foot tall, uh, wouldn't be capable of such stupidity. But maybe his brain's been stepped on a lot. I don't know. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagen. Happy early Thanksgiving, you suckers who are slaving away in a kitchen. Happy early Thanksgiving. Let's kick this pig. No, you know what? Today, let's kick this turkey. And here we go, my friends. Let's start with, uh, let's start at the bottom with Robert Reich. Uh, you know, this poor guy keeps coming back and keeps trying to write columns and keeps trying to make serious points and cogent points. And he keeps trying to seem intelligent and, and convince people to embrace leftism as he sees it. But he just keeps coming up. Uh, how should we say this? Just a bit short. Oh, that was mean and uncalled for, but it was fun and funny. So there you go. America, Robert Rice thinks, is overflowing with good news. Let me see it. You actually are close to having to mortgage your home to fill up your gas tank. There's shortages of all kind of things, uh, including chips. Cars are costing more. Food costs more. Everything costs more because gas costs more because we have a, a chip problem. We can't get many things like, you know, refrigerators and appliances. And certain people keep writing that that's a good thing. Robert Rice apparently thinks it's a wonderful thing. People are, are basically have seen their standard of living go down significantly in the past year. Huh, kind of kind of coincides with Biden becoming president, doesn't it? That's odd how that works. Economy good. Republican goes out. Democrats come in, economy goes to you know where, jobs go to you know where, costs go up, inflation 
higher taxes, higher this, higher that, more regulation, more loopholes, shut down pipelines. So gas costs more. And they can't figure out why gas costs more. They are literally, literally the the walking, talking, braying asses that prove uh, they are as efficient as a, efficient rather as a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Uh, unemployment is down, Robert Rice said. Uh, wages are up, and they still can't keep up with the inflation, Robert. If you were tall enough, you could see that, but, well, consumer confidence is rebounding. Sure, because it's taking longer to get everything. If you can't order it, it's going to take longer to deliver, longer to come in, and so forth and so on. Yeah, that's that's not a rebound, Robert. And consumers are spending more because every freaking thing costs more, you idiot. Yes, inflation causes you to spend more money. Could somebody buy this man a dictionary? Well, a couple. One he can stand on and one he can actually read or have an adult read to him. I don't know which would be better. Uh, Retail sales jumped 1.7% in October, the third monthly increase. COVID seems to be in retreat, at least among those who have been vaccinated. And two big parts of Biden's legislative agenda Last spring's $1.9 trillion, as in trillion dollars, as in holy smoke, Batman, that's a lot of money. Uh, the American Rescue Plan, we don't need a rescue plan yet, but if Biden keeps going and the Democrats keep going, we will need a lot of rescue plans. And his recent $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan have been enacted. And the sky's blue suddenly, and the birds are singing. So what's not to be happy about, he asks. Apparently plenty. Biden's job approval is rating is 12 points lower than when he took office. It's now just 41%. I'm stunned it's that high, frankly, Mr. Reich. Uh, around where Trump's was for most of his presidency, whatever that has to do with anything. Most registered voters say that if the midterm elections were today, they would support the Republican candidate. And we all know that Republicans are cannibals who eat small children. The Democrats tell us this every day. Even Trump beats Biden in hypothetical matchups. Are you telling me that who couldn't beat Biden right now? Well, besides Kamala Harris. She literally could not beat anybody right now. She is at 28% approval. And they probably had to uh, feed that rating some steroids to get it at 28%, quite frankly, as uh, she is the most talentless human being ever to hold office in this country. I am convinced of that. How she got where she is 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 a mystery. Well, actually, it's not a mystery, I guess. I'm not going to go there. So, again, what's not to be happy about? Robert Reich wants to know. Most registered voters, again, say they support Republican candidates if the midterms were held right now. More than 60% of Americans say the Democrats are out of touch with the concerns of most Americans. Well, why why would they be in in uh, be coordinated with Democratic ideas? They want to teach our kids garbage as critical race theory. 
They want to label everyone by some identity. They want to racialize everything. They want to divide people. They want to take away people's guns. They want to raise taxes. They want to kill more jobs, make fuel costs more, which again makes everything cost more, including heating your home, going to the store, things you buy at the store. Rising gas prices make everything go higher. And let's face facts. We have gone in less than a year, we have gone from being a, a exporter of oil totally independent of foreign oil we were outsourcing oil to being a nation again dependent on opec basically biden did that biden did that robert reich he doesn't get it either he's that stupid or he's just trying to trying to pretend he can fool people into believing that Biden somehow is being a success as a president. Well, I guess that depends on how you define success, doesn't it, Mr. Reich? Again, I think you come up just a wee bit short on that definition. Uh, Republican congressional candidates now hold their largest lead in midterm election uh, voter preferences dating back 40 years. 40 years, that's when some nutcase named Reagan turned the economy around, created 22 or 23 million jobs and rebuilt our military and made America great again. Yeah, and uh, I bet Robert Rice still hates Reagan. See, it's funny that America always gets worse when Democrats run things and better when Republicans run things. And I'm not a, an apologist for, for the Republicans. They are far from perfect. But Biden's not in the same galaxy as perfect. In fact, he doesn't know what galaxy he's in. He just knows he likes ice cream. And uh, that creepy smile he has. And the children don't want to go around crazy Uncle Joe anymore. Please, Mommy, no, that man has a weird smile. And he touches me. He touches my hair. Make him stop. That's what America is supposed to be so proud of, the utter failure of the Biden administration. And again, the best thing about Joe Biden is that they can look and say, honestly, yeah, Biden sucks. But Kamala, she's even worse, even worse. Uh, Rice continues his campaign of stupidity, though, asking how can the economic and pandemic news be so good? So much of Biden's agenda already enacted. Yeah, it's really doing wonders for, you know, inflation and gas prices and supply chain, stuff like that. It's really doing wonders, isn't it, Mr. Uh, Mr. Reich? If you want the American people to lower their standard of living, it's a success. But maybe that's the whole point. Hmm. And you can read this whole piece. This was up at uh, theguardian.com. And uh, please go read it again. Uh, Robert Reich writing something. Completely foolish. <coughs> Pardon me. And now look at the anti-work movement. The a worker strike that wants to turn the labor shortage, according to the Business Insider, into a new American dream. Oh, a new American dream where no one works. They live in the backyard in an old uh, 30-foot trailer. Who doesn't dream of that, my friend? Sorry. Had to get some uh, some soda. 
because my pipes were getting dry for some reason. I think it's this colder weather that hit has kind of messed up my voice just a wee bit. And here's a story from the insider, as in business insider. Not the insider that's going to get Andrew Cuomo into a lot of trouble. Uh, Juliana Kaplan and Andy Kurtz, Kurz, rather, excuse me, uh, got together and wrote this. It's about Larry. Let's start with Larry. Do you miss Larry? I miss Larry. Where has Larry been, you wonder? Well, Larry, he had a vision. A vision after he graduated college. He and his then wife were going to be a power couple. They were going to actualize their American dream. They'd buy a house in the suburbs and go on vacation every two years. That vision of the perfect life eventually shattered. His, again, then wife saw through the illusion of work. Work is so stupid, after all. He said and quit to take care of their children and her elderly father. If a woman wants to quit or the man wants to quit and take care of an elderly parent or in-law, raise the kids, nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with that. It took him, though, a little longer to get there. It's something that someone else planted in our minds, Larry said. Uh, His last name, by the way is known to the insider because the insider knows everything. (laughs) Now, Larry, who is 52, doesn't work. By the time the pandemic hit, he was ready for a change. He left his job as a maintenance technician in South Carolina to be with his now ex-wife and children in Colorado. When he got laid off from a seasonal job there, He moved back to South Carolina to be with his mother. Now he lives simply in a 20-foot trailer in her backyard. I've been in that trailer. Oh, is his mom freaky? I really don't have any expenses, he says. I don't need any money. I can survive without money, he said. Larry is part of something that's growing. People who are opting out of working. See, it'd be great just to be able to opt out of work. If I was to win millions on, on the lottery, I would opt out of work uh, because I wouldn't need to. I'd probably start some kind of business if there was enough money and I'd uh, I'd find things to keep me busy. Uh, but, uh, you know, it'd have to be a lot of money. Uh, Larry is part of something that's growing. This disturbs me. People opting out of work. It's not like your boss calls you in. Are you just going on a Monday morning and your boss says, uh, we need to talk there, uh, Donald or Joe or Joanne or whoever. Some of them call it anti-work. Anti-work. It's like anti-freeze, I guess, but there's less labor involved. It's a trend bolstered by younger workers. As Jen, hold on. If you're a younger worker, how can you be against work? So you're against yourself? Maybe it's part of being woke. Maybe they're woke workers. Workers working woke. Or workers waking up and going woke. And becoming anti-workers who are woke. I don't know. Uh, As Gen Zers make their mark on the labor market. In America, it looks similar to similar 
youth-led movements and gets work in other countries, especially a country called China. You might have heard of it and the virus they made, where young people are lying flat. I've lied flat a few times. Yes, I flat out lied, and I've been drunk enough a couple times just to lie flat and sleep on the floor. But I was much younger then. I'm much wiser now. Uh, by decentering a drive to constantly be more productive. In other words, stop being excellent. Stop doing quality work. Stop working. Hey, again, great, great, uh, great gig if you could get it and still pay the bills. <clears throat> and hey, a 20 foot trailer, it's like a palace, man. Come on. Uh, by disentering a drive to constantly be more productive because capitalism sucks, you know, and competitive at work. Yeah, you want to be a slouch because if you're a slouch, at least in a corporate restaurant business, I know this. You will be promoted because you're an, you're an absolute chucklehead who doesn't have any common sense. But you'll shake your head, yes, okay, we can do that, boss. And I'll let you go after about 10 years, and you'll be 50 and out of work because you wanted to be the GM at this Chili's or that, uh, that uh, what is it called, uh, Applebee's or whatever. But don't get me started on the corporate restaurant chains and how bad they suck. Uh, and instead find happiness in our own lives and relaxation. Again, you kind of need money for that at a certain point. Uh, unless you think living in relaxation requires no cable TV, no internet, no electricity, no light, no heating, no air, uh, things like that. No car to drive around in. Larry said, I don't really want to work anymore. I don't want to have any meetings, no deadlines, no goals, no quarter, no seminar. I don't want none of that stuff no more. Sounds like the end of a, uh, a nursery rhyme almost. A rising disillusion with the state of work has spawned millions of Larrys over the last year. People have been quitting their jobs at record rates for six months in a row now. And many aren't going back. That's because for some work doesn't mean it doesn't seem to be worth it anymore. Wages have been on the decline for decades. Wait a minute. I thought Robert Rice said Joe Biden's fixed all that. Huh? While student debt rises. Okay. You chose to go to a college, chose to pay way too much, chose to take a major that absolutely no idiot could ever be possibly stupid enough to think could get them any kind of a job doing anything, anywhere, at any time, and you went six figures into debt. You're the idiot, okay? The college basically financially raped you. And, of course, the government, by excluding banks from this type of thing, because banks are evil and make money, so put the government in charge of student loans and, well, you see what happens. But at least you became woke and don't want to work anymore because you're woke, Larry, living in your backyard of your your senior uh, mother's home in a 20-foot trailer. Does that come with a swimming pool, by the way, Larry? Hmm. A garden hose and a, a sprinkler setting. Well, that's good enough because who needs work? Then came the pandemic. Billionaires, billionaires! added 2.1 trillion to their collective wealth as millions of Americans weren't employed, inequality widened. 
The stories of those in the anti-work movement provide some answers to why there's there's an ongoing labor shortage. Whether bosses realize it or not, workers are effectively striking for better conditions, and it might just work. That's right, kids. Soon everyone will live in a 20-foot-long trailer in the back of Larry's mom's home. Man, she must have a hell of a backyard. Uh, please go read this all at the Business Insider. There's there's a lot more information here. And uh, again, it will make you scratch your head and, well, <laughs> it'll make you question the uh, the intelligence of some of these idiots. I'm an anti-worker because I'm, uh, you know, I'm living the dream. Could you, uh, could you pass me that water hose, please? I'm thirsty. Oh, wait, I didn't pay the water bill again. Damn, I have to steal the neighbors when those capitalist pigs go out to go to the grocery store. And then while I'm packing their groceries, I go steal their groceries because anti-work. And let's go now to whom? Whom, 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 whom? Let's talk about critical race facts with Lucien K. Truscott the Fourth, writing for Salon, published uh, just four days ago. Uh, you know what the whole brouhaha about critical race theory is about? Why I know, I know, but do you people know what this person thinks they know? It's about people not wanting their children taught stuff they're not proud of. Why would you teach my kids about my, uh, you know, that addiction to that online thing that, uh, never mind, I don't have any kids. I forget. Never mind, never mind. Move on. Nothing to see here, people. They're not proud of racism. Most people do hate racism. The writers at Salon finally got that through their heads. It's nasty. And not nasty like a Cardi B or Megan the Stallion song. Not that nasty because nothing's that nasty except those two women. Uh, but it's nasty, okay? It's not who we are, to use a common political phraseology. Besides, it's behind us. We dealt with that part of our history. Let's move on. So far, sounds good, except... Uh, Truscott here is not serious. He's being sarcastic. Uh, sure, let's move on to studying the Founding Fathers, who we are proud of. But heaven forbid we should mention their messy, messy aspects, like the fact that a bunch of them owned slaves. No one denies that. Everyone knows that. That is taught in school. That's the biggest lie the left tells about critical race theory. It's a huge lie that's not being taught because it is. Yeah, but it's an even bigger lie to say that conservatives are people who oppose critical race theory like any serious historian does. It's quite another to say that those people oppose critical race theory because they don't want slavery or segregation or bad parts of American history taught. Of course they want it taught. Most of the people have written books about it. But again, that's not the truth about critical race theory. It is being taught. Uh, let's move on to teaching about the wars we won rather than those we lost. By my count, we haven't lost any. Politicians lost Vietnam. It damn sure wasn't our military. The same with Afghanistan. It damn sure wasn't our military. <clears throat> but that's just a point of disagreement. Let's move on. Let's move on to teaching about the great expansion west as our country grew from 13 colonies to encompass a continent. 
Ah, yes, a glorious thing. But let's leave out the genocide of the people who were already living here and an inconvenient truth that it was at least the people who, who in past the debates over the expansion of slavery into the territories that ultimately led to the secession of the South, the collapse of American democracy, and the Civil War. Wrong! <clears throat> uh, the Great Expansion West, before we ever got it, before any white folks got here and brought peanut butter with them, the Indian tribes fought each other. They took each other captive. They held slaves. They raped women. They kidnapped children. They butchered each other. They committed atrocities. After we came here, we committed some atrocities against them. Some of them committed atrocities against us. The left never wants to talk about that. They just want to paint white people bad, thus America bad, capitalism bad, everything bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> And that's the problem with teaching critical race theory <clears throat> and like-minded uh, ideological uh, history. History is not ideological. It's history. It happened. It should be taught as it happened, period. And if someone's offended, if someone's ancestors look bad, oh, well, that's life. You have to learn the truth. But this is not the truth. A lot of the things they're pushing for, the fact that uh, there were atrocities committed between Indians and white people. Yes, there were. And between Indian tribes. Yes, there was. The fact is that uh, the South, all if the states seceded for different reasons. I can tell you again, I say it all the time, Arkansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, all decided and voted not to secede until Lincoln called for troops to force the southern states back into the Union. At that point, those four states said, no, that's not going to happen. We can't do that. That's not a union we want to belong to anymore. And they exercised what they thought was a right to secede that existed in our Constitution. Because after all, the colonies did secede from England. And each individual colony did sign a peace treaty with the British. And then later, in a few years, we formed the United States of America. Look up Articles of Confederation, then the Constitution. Read up before you write this stuff. Uh, and look up uh, causes of the war between the states. Just, just do that. Do yourself a favor. Don't try to put it in a tiny little thing and say, everything's about slavery. That's bull. You know what? It said that parents in hot spots like Sugarland, Texas, and Loudoun County, Virginia, don't want their children to be made feel un to be made to feel uncomfortable because they are white. Well, no parent would want their child to feel unnecessarily uncomfortable or like they were inferior or their family was inferior because of their skin color. They wouldn't want children to be upset and angry and feel guilty for something they had nothing to do with that their parents and grandparents and great grandparents had nothing to do with. You wouldn't want to take children and divide them in classes by race, which is happening. You wouldn't want to make little black children or little Hispanic children or Native American children feel like they were somehow out of place or abused or picked on or downtrodden when they actually aren't these days. Again, times change. Part of history is that history changes things. <clears throat> and this country, you can name all its sins, teach them that's history. Amen to that. But you have to teach that this nation has atoned for all those. All those boxes, women not being able to vote, uh, treatment of Indians, slavery, uh, 
segregation, uh, poll taxes, check, 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 check the boxes. We are truly as equal a society as you could get as far as equality of opportunity. Uh, we will never be equal as an outcome because you just, the government can't do that without totally controlling everything. And that's called totalitarianism. Specifically, it would be Marxism. And no, I don't want that taught to kids as if it's a good thing. I don't want black children hating white children. I don't want children segregated by race. I don't want that to happen. I don't have kids. And I see how evil that would be. And I don't want the left to take critical race theory and change this country uh, into a bunch of angry, bitter children who will uh, grow up to be angry and bitter and hate their country. <clears throat> and just a little more from this piece, but let's talk about pride for a moment. I'm proud to be a descendant of Thomas Jefferson. Good, you should be. He's one of the greatest men that ever lived. He's largely responsible for the freedom and liberty you exercise today in America. Was Jefferson perfect? No. Wasn't even perfect for his time. But you have to judge people in their time against others of their time and their overall impact in society and the ongoing impact. And it's pretty, <clears throat> pretty awesome if anyone can have a positive influence on a country, uh, what, 195 years after they passed away, like Jefferson and Adams and Madison and Mason and Washington and so many others who helped found this country. That doesn't mean I have to be proud of the fact that along with the Declaration of Independence, he laid out in his only book, Notes on the State of Virginia, what you might call the founding ideology behind white supremacy. Blacks were inferior, inherently inferior to whites and were incapable of being educated, and thus it was proper that they remained chattel owned by whites. Nor am I proud of the fact that over his lifetime, Jefferson owned more than 600 human beings, and upon his death freed only those with the last name Hemings, among whom were the children he had fathered with the slave, Sally, and a good number of them were white. By the way, if you go back in time and look, they would actually be white. Uh, but they were, I guess, mulattoes was the name legally then. And I would debate strongly the screed about Jefferson there. Uh, Jefferson did not like slavery. He didn't believe in it. But he lived in a time where it was a reality. And to form the United States, things had to be done. Compromises had to be made to get the country started. And what happened once the country got going? That's right. Less than 100 years later, Slavery didn't exist anymore. You might want to think about that, sir, because, uh, and please go read the rest of this people at, uh, at salon.com. Uh, very important stuff that you read this and learn what the left is doing. And what they're trying to do is teach kids to hate their country. Certain kids to hate themselves and their families and their color. Others to feel guilty others to feel the burden of some oppression that is upon them that doesn't even uh, exist anymore. Give black children complexes. Make them feel like everything's a struggle, like they're victims every day. Every time the sun goes down and they're ready to go play outside, but they can't because it's dark, it's because they're black somehow. Stop that. That's what critical race theory ultimately teaches. It teaches division and hatred between the races and, and loathing of America. And that 
cannot stand, my friends. Now, Michael Heriot, who writes for The Roots, has a piece about Kyle Rittenhouse up at uh, The Guardian. And it is about as tone deaf and stupid as you can possibly get. Because tone deaf and stupid has gotten Michael Heriot to this point in his life, apparently. It proves how utterly clueless the left is about self-defense or natural rights. They just, they don't ever get the concept. Everything, you're not immoral or moral by anything you do to the left. It's your ideology. If you're a leftist, you can do, you cannot be a sinner, basically. That's what their theology teaches. And if you're a conservative, then you are an evil person, period, no matter what you do. So here goes. Before sending a Kenosha, Wisconsin jury to deliberate if Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer, uh, Judge Bruce Schroeder informed Rittenhouse's handpicked jury that his fate rests on the privilege of self-defense. <clears throat> Let's get one thing straight. Michael Herod is a damned liar. In the first paragraph of this screed, he, he said that Rittenhouse got to handpick his jury. <clears throat> that is incorrect. The fact is this, there were 18 people selected for jury duty. 12 would sit on the jury, 6 would serve as alternates. The six names, they put the names on a piece of paper, they put the 18 names in a, in a little thing, and Kyle Rittenhouse was given the opportunity to pick. He didn't get to look, he just picked one out, then two, then three, then eventually six were picked out. Those jurors became the alternates. He didn't get to pick anything. He it, the, Harriet puts it, put it, puts it as if uh, Rittenhouse was given everyone's information and said, okay, who do you want to be on the jury? That's a lie. He's a better writer than this, so he knows he's a damned liar. We know what that jury decided, he said. Neither side disagreed that the 18-year-old intended to shoot Anthony M. Huber, uh, Joseph Rosenbaum, and Gage Grosskreutz. They don't disagree that the Smith & Wesson MP 15 is a dangerous weapon. What the hell does that have to do with anything? What Really, what does that have to do with anything? However, under Wisconsin self-defense statutes, which are much like most other states, Rittenhouse was allowed to use deadly force, even if he provoked the 25th of August attack, which the video clearly shows he did not provoke. But again, damn the evidence. <clears throat> if he reasonably believed it was necessary necessary to prevent his own death. Yes, if you're in fear of grave bodily harm to yourself, you are allowed to defend yourself. That's a rule that's as old as, uh, old as they are. I mean, that's been around a long, long time. That you have a right to defend your life and your safety and that of your family. Uh, that's not out of order with what most states in the United States have in their in their laws of self-defense. Some are less friendly to self-defense, uh, but most states agree on on the basics of that. If you believe you're going to die or suffer grievous bodily harm, if you don't take action, you may defend yourself. And, and yes, that was a very important right put into our Constitution. <clears throat> in 
even though he traveled to the city and walked into a chaotic scene with the killing machine. Millions and millions of Americans concealed carry every day. Some open carry, uh, more and more are, con are carrying concealed weapons because their state has become a, like Texas, Tennessee, and others, a permitless carry state. In other words, if you're over a certain age, you are law-abiding citizens, you haven't been adjudicated mentally ill, and you are free of any criminal record, you may carry a firearm for self-defense. What's wrong with that? It makes perfect sense. It's a God-given natural right. It's in our Second Amendment. You might want to read that and understand it, Michael Harriet. Maybe someone could write it in crayon for you. You'd grasp it. Although you'd probably race bait that too. A belief may be reasonable, even though mistaken, the jury instructions read. In determining whether the defendant's beliefs were reasonable, the standard is what a person of ordinate intelligence and prudence would have believed in the defendant's position. <coughs> Before former Kenosha alderman Kevin Mathewson summoned patriots willing to take up arms and defend our city from the evil, evil thugs, no one else had died during the unrest in his city. Before Rittenhouse killed two people and wounded another, again all in clear and obvious self-defense, you want to leave out facts there, Mr. Harriet. No one else had been shot. Sure, businesses have been destroyed, looted. People have been robbed. People have been beaten. People have been attacked. All wonderful stuff that never hurts anybody, right? That was okay with Michael Harriet. Businesses being destroyed for no reason at all. He's down with it. He's good with that. Man, he'll give you a high five. He'd probably buy you a shot. If you'd go out and break something someone else owned, because it makes Michael Harriet's deeply racist and flawed, ugly black heart feel better on some level, apparently. So why is it be reasonable to believe Rittenhouse needed a killing machine to protect himself against the evil thugs who were not shooting and killing people? Oh, did you watch the videos? Clearly, he's being attacked. If you don't think it hurts and you could die from someone smashing you in the head multiple times with a, uh, a skateboard, i tell you what we'll do. We'll get together. You sign a waiver. I'll sign a waiver. I'll take a, uh, I'll take a skateboard and I'll hit you in the head. And then I'll hit you in the head again. And we'll see if you feel like maybe your life could be over if you don't do something to stop me. Michael Harriet. We'll see if that natural emotion of self-preservation and self-protection kicks in. Again, does not get self-defense. Because of the gun he had, he was not allowed to commit self-defense, apparently. It's absolutely reasonable. <clears throat> Unbelievable. And please go read this whole thing. Um, this is, uh, again, all the more because I'm black and because you're white, we see things differently. You're a victim. You're an oppressor. Your identity is all that matters. And really it's the ideology that matters. If Rittenhouse had been black, all the people he killed had still been white or black or Hispanic. And he was a pro-BLM guy, Kyle Rittenhouse. And there was no real videotape. 
And if he had killed three people, Michael Harriet would have been be- beating a path to beg the judge and the jury to acquit him because justice. Because he truly feels that America is a steeply racist place and that he's a victim and that all black people are victims and that you can destroy black businesses and burn black people out of their, their livelihood because over here, uh, police shot a man armed with a knife who was fighting them. And who was trying to get in a, a truck, by the way, drive away with three small children in it after he'd already fought with police and had a deadly weapon on him. I wonder if Michael Harrod has any kids. I bet you damn sure he wouldn't want his kid taken away like that. And by the way, Jacob Blake, the guy who shot it, supposedly sparked the riots in Kenosha. And yes, there were riots. He had been charged with, I believe, third degree sexual assault against his former girlfriend. There was a restraining order. She was terrified of him. And if he hadn't shown up on her property that day, and the police wouldn't have been called if he wouldn't have fought with the cops. Nothing problem if he had pulled a knife on the cops. And on and on and on. But, but people like Harriet never assign blame to the thug or the criminal that starts things. They always want to blame the police because racism is truly pathetic. Truly, 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 truly pathetic. And speaking of pathetic... That brings us back to MSNBS, a piece up at uh, Town Hall here <clears throat> by Lyndon Mayan. Good looking kid. Uh, kind of a goofy haircut. I'm not judging here, okay? I'm just an old guy. So that's cool, Lion. Good, good, uh, good writing, though. Very good piece. MSNBS host Tiffany Cross describes GOP members of Congress as come on, guess. I give you two choices racist and or white supremacist she went with a white supremacist this time uh it matched her outfit i think and after kyle rittenhouse was found not guilty of charges brought against him for the kenosha shootings that left two men dead and a third injured because self-defense cross speaking with the nation journalist uh, eli mistall he's no journalist he's a he's a nutcase and he does have kind of weird hair for a guy. Think if Donna Brazil grew out her hair at like a gigantic 1970s style afro, like Dr. J used to have back in the in the mid late 70s. Think of that with all white hair. Think of Donna Brazil like that, but whinier and bitchier and less masculine than uh, than her. That would be Eli Mustall. That's what he looks like. Uh, but speaking with nation journalist Eli Mistal, look at my hair, it's fabulous. Took particular issue with representatives Matt Gates and Paul Gosar uh, of Florida, Arizona, respectively, for comments suggesting they would hire Rittenhouse as a congressional intern. She also referred to Rittenhouse as a little murderous white supremacist. Oh, look at that little murderous white supremacist over there. He just murders people is what he does. Don't you know them white people? They're all murderers. I'm Tiffany Cross. MSNBS pays me to dispute this bullshit. Uh, Even after the jury on Friday found that he acted in self-defense because they watched the videos, 
Last year when he shot three people killing two, additionally, each of the three people he shot were white. I can't say that word too loud. If someone hears me say white, they may get triggered and, and you don't want to unleash that hell. <clears throat> I find these people disgusting, Eli. I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing. It's not this this trial, it's other trials, but in this in this in particular cross sincerity during a segment of the cross connection, soon to be re retitled Cross is crazier than hell. Uh, the fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress. <laughs> They're like leopards or something, right? They're just prowling the halls of Congress, waiting for an unsuspecting black person to come by so they can maul them. This biatch is crazy. I mean, K-R-A-Z-Z-Z-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y is she have a show on TV crazy. Uh <laughs> it's too funny. That one fact that that white supremacist roams the Hall of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist and the fact he gets to walk the streets freely, it lets you know these people have access to instituting laws. <clears throat> uh, paging paging uh, Tiffany Cross, reality calling here. Uh, they are called legislatures. They Their job is making laws. It's in the dictionary. You need me to read it to you? Uh, they represent the legislative branch of this country. What are we to make of that? Legislators legislate, and they're elected by their people of their congressional districts, and you really should have taken a basic civics course, uh, young lady. To which Massal responded by saying, Welcome to the modern Republican body. Adding it, this is what these people want, and this is what we're trying to white people want for. You racist old bastard, you. You, Donna Brazil, look alike. Whiny little man with the woman's haircut. Mr. All later led to the majority of white people are in favor of this kind of violence because the majority of white people tend to vote Republican. He also asserted that white people pick judges like Judge Bruce Schroeder. You know, he's related to that Schroeder on Peanuts, don't you? That's right. He's a damn cartoon character. And his boy Schroeder's a white supremacist. I know. I wrote a book about it. Like to read it? Give me $29.95. And comb my hair for me. The judge in the Rittenhouse case. And do not support policies that would, quote, unpack and unroll and reform this system of justice. Unpack, unroll, and reform. Isn't that how you, if you're on fire, that's, no, that's stop, drop, and roll. Sorry, I got my, uh, got my survival techniques messed up, messed, uh, mixed up there, folks. I apologize. Uh, that is what they want. Matt Gates is giving a white folks what they want. Mr. All said, look at it. Look at it yourselves. It's gross. <laughs> Uh, dare I say, Mr. Basal or whatever. Is it that time of the month? You kind of act like it is. Uh, speaking of gross, but go find a mirror. That's really gross. Seriously. Seriously, sir. Until the majority of you stop voting for this, this will keep happening, he continued. During the trial, of course, Tiffany Cross, who's such a charming young lady, Good God. Cross claimed Schroeder was a biased racist judge who was trying to get Randy House to walk. Was he going to put a leash on him? 
that reminds me of a date tomorrow night. <sighs> Did y'all get that? I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Some people take things so seriously now. He's a pervert. He's talking about putting women on leashes. You, you hear that? Uh, it's a joke. Calm down. Put your pants back on, please. Uh, what do we got left here? <clears throat> I'm going to leave the free veterinary care to last. Here's an opinion piece from Newsweek by Isaac Bailey. You win. He writes, arm all the angry young men and the scared ones too. It's an opinion piece. <coughs> he writes, okay, you win. I've heard enough. Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. I should have never suggested he was anything less than that. The death threats you've sent me through my employer and former associates, the N-word lace messages that found their way to my inbox, the profanity-filled emails you copied my supervisors on have convinced me that all that matters is that Rittenhouse was able to protect himself. Who wants to bet this guy received maybe one email with the N-word? Maybe one. Who wants to bet he's lying about that? I'll challenge him right now to produce them. You could even black out that infamous word no one's allowed to even consider saying anymore. Uh, the jury finding him guilty on all counts doesn't mean he is innocent in the way O.J. Simpson was innocent. You win, it means he's innocent, full stop. <clears throat> uh, uh, what? The jury finding him guilty on all counts doesn't mean he's innocent. That doesn't even make sense. I'm convinced <clears throat> other young men should pick up AR-15s too. As long as they're responsible and go to a gun range and, and learn how to use them and learn gun safety, absolutely. An armed society is a polite society. Uh, to patrol any neighborhood they believe has a, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, succumbed uh, to chaos. My mouth was moving too fast for my brain that time. You peace-loving defenders of Rittenhouse, that salt-of-the-earth baby-faced patriot, opened my eyes, which have been blinded by race obsession for far, far too long. That's probably true. Racial obsession syndrome is an ugly malady that many leftists uh, fall victim to. As you pointed out in your emails, you've convinced me so thoroughly that I am, I am now reconsidering everything I've ever thought about young men with guns. <sighs> He still probably has a thing for young men and chaps and whips, but that's a different story, I guess. I've long advocated for laws and customs that would reduce the number of guns on the street. I've mentored young men, is that what they call it these days, to turn their guns into police departments before tragedy struck. I've had guns all my life. So my grandfather, father, other grandfather, all my uncles, as far as I know, cousins, Nothing bad has ever happened with any of those guns. No tragedy has ever struck. Now, my dad did shoot a rattlesnake once. It was under the house back in Florida. And I did defend my life with a firearm uh, in October of 1998 from an armed thug. Who was white, by the way. Thug works for either race. Any race doesn't matter. Thug is a behavior. It's not a skin color. <clears throat> so... Why, if guns are so dangerous, A, why are almost no murders ever committed with AR-15s, even though there are over 20 million of them owned in this country? 
why is it that all these crazy white people who are just itching to kill black people and commit chaos, why are they not killing people with all these, quote, lax gun laws? Here's a guy who doesn't realize yet that his ideology is just wrong. Hasn't accepted it. You gotta, you got to accept these things. When you're wrong, say you're wrong. When you're dealing with a woman, when you're wrong, say you're wrong. And when you're right, say you're wrong too. Uh, if you want to sleep in a warm bed anyway that night. But he continues, but after considering your wise counsel and watching your jubilation, as Rittenhouse is free despite the blood he shed, do the word self-defense mean anything to you, sir? Self-defense. To break in someone's home and kill them is evil. When you break in their home and they kill you before you kill them, when they protect their property, their life, their loved ones, their home, that's a good thing. Why don't why doesn't the left get this idea that somehow uh self-defense is bad? It's just not normal. It's it's just not the way we should do things. We should be civil and civic minded and we should get killed and then like uh, the police should investigate and like they should arrest this person and like the DA can give them like a really low, low, low bond and they can go out and like for a thousand bucks, maybe as a bond as a bond and then he can get out and go steal a car. Maybe they own a car and then go run down 50 something people in Wisconsin and kill six including an eight-year-old boy who died today. That's justice, okay? That's the left today. They have left the ranch of reasonability far behind. They're living in Looney Town now, in left of Reality County, in the state of absolute mental confusion. That's where the left is, if you want to know. I don't know the zip code, sorry. Uh, it's probably... Uh, <clears throat> That's probably just 666, quite frankly. Uh, da, 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 da. He continues, I know now I was wrong. More of those young men should be armed just in case they might be attacked by strangers. People do get attacked by strangers. And because someone gets attacked by a stranger, they shouldn't own a gun. It, it's, again... There's a disconnect from reality here that I can't really explain. What we need, he writes, is more guns for the young men who don't want to be robbed of the drugs they are dealing to feed their families. Again, that's the people that you don't want to have guns. And when they get arrested with guns, they ought to take, they ought to go their asses to prison. Period. Because they're on the road to getting killed, killing somebody, and maybe serving life in prison prison or maybe the death penalty yeah people who are criminals should not have guns the police should take them away and arrest them and put them under the jail frankly law-abiding people owning guns has never been a problem for anybody never the, the number of accidental shootings is infinitesimal kind of like your brain sir uh like the shooting he continues to sent one of my brothers and a nephew to prison if they were gang-banging thugs, they should have gone to prison. If they were hurting and threatening other people, they should have gone to prison. The guns didn't make them go to prison, you nitwit. Their actions did. Have you ever heard the two words put together, personal responsibility? Look it up. Have a 
an adult read the definition of personal responsibility to you? Maybe they can write it on uh, your favorite color of construction paper with a nice big fat crayon. Maybe that would dent your brain. Uh, Or the drive-by shooting that cost my niece her mom. Again, I bet that wasn't an NRA member or Gunners of America or Second Amendment Foundation member that drove by and shot somebody randomly. I bet that was a lawless, gang-banging thug who has no respect for life or law. But somehow, again, that's Kyle Rittenhouse's fault, apparently. Or he's no different than them. The logic, man, come on, seriously. Uh, We need more guns for the young athletes in rough neighborhoods just trying to make it to school without being harassed. Uh, Well, we need more cops there. And we need people to stop screaming racism every time a cop stops a thug and questions them. I mean, they might get that kid on the right path or something. Might kind of change their life and help them out. Keep them out of prison. But cops are all racist, so we can't have that. The solution is simple. Uh, Give them guns. For surely the presence of those guns is more likely to decrease the chances of confrontation and bloodshed uh, than increase the chances of an aggressive response. Well, guns are a wonderful elixir for people wanting to commit crimes many, many times. All I had to do was pull my weapon. Mr. I'm going to rob you now, ran away screaming, God, don't shoot me. Uh, My grandmother, a paternal grandmother, uh, sitting home while my grandfather's at work, just sitting there like many, many people in the South have done for years, didn't have air conditioning. Before I was even born, there's the front porch. She's got the screen door shut with a little latch there to lock it, so to speak. The door's open. The breeze is coming in. A guy claiming to be the phone company comes by, needs to get in her house to check her phone line. Well, my dad worked for the phone company. She looked outside, didn't see a a telephone company truck. I knew that he would have some type of belt with certain tools. He didn't have that. And knew that he was basically the way it appeared, that he wasn't who he said he was. And when she said, I can't let you in, uh, standing right by the door, she'd gotten up and gone near the door. When he saw that, he began to pull on the door very dramatically because he didn't care. He wanted to break inside. He was a white guy, by the way. It doesn't really matter. He was a thug. When she showed him that she had taken my grandfather, one of his hunting rifles, bolt action. She worked the bolt action, put a bullet, uh, I believe it was a 30 out six, in where she could put that 30 out six round through his ass if needs need be. He had a sudden and dramatic change of heart, and he could not get off the porch fast enough. I guess maybe her phone line was okay after all. But it would make you feel better if she had been butchered in her own home because she didn't have a firearm to defend herself, right? That would be morally superior somehow. You idiot. You just an idiot, Isaac Bailey. You blame guns when you should be blaming thugs. And again, thug is not a racial term. So don't go there with me. And now, uh, final, final thought here. Next Wednesday, I'm taking my dog, Dougal. He is the uh, world's uh, sweetest, kindest, and most gentle 95-pound Staffordshire Terrier or Pitbull. I don't know. People keep telling me, no, he's this, no, he's that. And I look up pictures, and 
you've got 17 pictures of one certain dog breed. They all look different. So who knows? Uh, but a vet did tell me it was an American Staffordshire Terrier when I found him when he was roaming the streets where we used to live. Anyway, he's got to get his vaccinations, get checked over, get some nails clipped. Uh, but he's a sweet dog. A lot of people be afraid of him. But I'm taking him <clears throat> uh, to the vet next week. Uh, pray for me. I don't know how much the bill will be. But apparently the bill should be nothing. Someone else should pay for my taking my dog to the vet. I wonder how that would work exactly. But since I'm taking Dougal to the vet, this headline at uh, Slate, where bad writers go to get worse, uh, caught my attention. And the title of it is, it should be free to take your dog to the vet. Well, it is free. Yeah, now if your dog gets treated, you have to pay, but you can take him to the vet for free. Doctor won't see you. But uh, again, why should vets not make money? Uh, he begins this piece, having a dog is excellent for your health. For at least half of the roughly 50,000 years that modern humans have existed, it's been with dogs wagging by our side. And long before we started breeding dogs, specifically as companions, uh, from manicured lap dogs, they're so snotty. Uh, to professionally trained service dogs, they'll kick your ass. Their survival depended on being finely attuned to the moods and behaviors of the humans they joined on hunts. In the course of domestication, dogs became natural support systems for humans. It's no surprise then that modern science recognizes the benefits that they have to our moods. Dogs have been shown to improve stress, lower blood pressure, and especially to increase physical activity in people who might otherwise be sedentary. Uh, widely deployed, dogs can even help lower personal, professional, and governmental medical costs. Uh, consider canines a public health tool. In a sense, as more Americans adopt dogs, we have the potential to become a healthier nation as a result. Hey, I love dogs. Dogs are truly man's best friend. Uh, they are God's gift to us, no doubt about it. Uh so I really agree with everything so far. It's not that bad. It's like test driving that used 88 Buick Regal. It's not that bad. Oh, where's that smoke coming from? Like many health preventatives, dogs are expensive. Dog food prices are on the rise. I blame Biden for that too. <laughs> Biden hates your dog. Uh, group classes for uh, basic obedience training average about 50 bucks an hour. Yeah, that's why my last girlfriend stopped paying it paying them to train me and that's why i stopped going then she broke up with me i don't know what went wrong training a dog for support or therapy purposes that is training or turning a dog into a specialized intervention for a health ailment is even more expensive well duh the highest expense that was the one over which owners have the least control vet care Routine visits can cost between $700 and $1,500 per year. Okay. Uh, between doctor's fees and vaccines. And then there are emergencies. Uh, the majority of American dog owners today cannot afford emergency vet care. It's no wonder that emergency pet surgeries are such a popular uh, GoFundMe category. I haven't tried that scam yet. Hmm. Uh, given that the world is becoming an increasingly stressful place, 
with which dogs are uniquely positioned to help. I would like to propose, well, I, I hardly know you, sir, and certainly in writing, it's, oh, wait, he's not done yet. Sorry, that the time is right for universal vet care. Excuse me a second. Okay, I had to drop the mic there. So we've got universal pre-K coming. God help parents and children. Uh, universal health care they want. Now they want universal uh, pet care. Or is this for dogs? What do the cats have to unionize and get their rights to? Of course, we should have a universal medical care for humans too. Of course, because rationing care is really cool. Uh, no question, but our politicians clearly are not going to agree on health care reform anytime soon, given that it is one of the most politically divisive topics in the country. Dogs, on the other hand, are something people seem to agree across the political spectrum. Spectrum. If researchers agree that dogs make for a healthier America and Americans love dog, a love of dog bridges the political divide, then health care reform for our pets could be the way toward a more unified conversation about healthier lives for all of us. I can almost hear the birds singing. Eh, maybe not. Uh, so, again, how are we going to pay for it? You notice liberals never ask that question themselves. But when they're asked, well, if the rats just pay their fair share, if everyone just pitches in a little more, okay? Like, remember that, like, pizza party? Okay. We had like seven pizzas, which was like plenty for people. But if we just spent a little more, we could have gotten anchovies on all the pizza. Extra anchovies, maybe. And that's my opinion of uh, universal fill in the blank here. It's like anchovies on pizza. I won't know part of it. Because justice hates anchovies, along with everyone else. In fact, instead of anchovies on my pizza, put pineapple because, A, I like pineapple on pizza, especially with jalapenos or with pepperoni. That spice and sweet thing is really good. But because it drives certain people absolutely to the lunatic fringe to see a pineapple on a pizza, I don't understand it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But why do people lose their you-know-what over it? Oh, my God! Is that pineapple on the pizza? Where's my knife at? It's literally they lose their minds. Stop. Relax. Okay, just relax. Uh, I don't know. I don't think, uh, I think if you want a dog, you ought to pay for your dog's care. If there's an insurance out there you can buy for your pet, then look into it. Fine. If companies want to meet that need, fill that gap, however you want to put it, fine. I'm good with that. But get the government out of as much stuff as possible what happens when the government gets involved waste fraud corruption corruption fraud and waste uh eeny meeny miny mo catch some politicians that are crooked by the toe that kind of thing it always the cost goes up the regulation is ridiculous care gets worse care gets more expensive more le uh, less reliant rather than more reliant it this will go to hell like everything else the government touches so I'm sorry. I agree dogs are wonderful. They are truly God's blessing on us all. Thank you, Lord, for my dog, Dougal, and all the other great dogs I've had. 
Sam and Casey and Asher and Sate and Damon and I, I can't even name them all. There was Bo, the baddest dog I owned. He tore, he kicked more dogs' asses in the neighborhood. He did. Bo was great. Bo was a uh, kind of like an English and pit bull mixed. I think he was real low, real stocky, like a bulldog, but bigger. And uh, he was the gentlest dog ever with puppies. Like uh, my parents had a cocker spaniel, and apparently at some point, Bo and the cocker spaniel, because they're raising puppies and selling them, uh, but. Bo and uh, the Cocker Spaniel had a, shall we say, an interlude. And, well, you know what happened. And the puppies, when they were born, were really cute, like puppies are. But they would crawl all over this dog, which was just rippling muscle and huge jaws. And you would think he'd be the sweetest, kindest dog ever. Right? So gentle with these puppies. Would never do anything to hurt them. Let another male dog, that was an adult. That wasn't fixed. Let him come anywhere near the yard. It was over. Bo was going to destroy that dog. Uh, there was a dog, gigantic dog, big, like uh, bigger than Doberman Pinscher, like not quite as big as a Great Dane, kind of like between a pincer and a, a Great Dane. Uh, Bo got a hold of his leg and wouldn't let go. Uh, there were some other dogs too. Uh, there was one dog came in the yard. And I don't know why he did it. My sister was riding her uh, her horse, her pony she had at the time. And a dog kind of was upsetting the, the horse when I came outside. <clears throat> and Bo didn't take well to that. That dog didn't end up well. Then there was a story of Jack. Jack was a dog that was a pit bull. He was meaner than hell. He was like your stereotypical pit bull. Like when you walk down the, the side street, the, the, the family lived on that had him. And I was friends with all the family. They were great. But Jack would run as fast as he could, barking as vociferously and viciously as he could until that chain would snap. And he'd like just off his feet, slam to the ground, really. And he got after people a couple times. Well, Jack left his yard one day and decided, for whatever reason, that... Uh, he wanted to come in our yard and I heard the commotion outside and it was the most guttural, horrible scream from a dog I've ever heard in my life. It was, it was not pretty. And there was Jack on the ground. He did, uh, jumped on Bo. And sadly for, uh, the testicles of Jack, Bo had decided to clamp down like bulldogs would do on that very delicate part of Jack's body. And Jack was, shall we say, never the same again, ever, physically or emotionally. I don't think he ever was aggressive after that. And I was like, I would, and you, you tried to get that dog's jaws apart. I actually could not do it. I mean, it was that bad. But again, with kids, sweetest dog ever. With uh, puppies, juvenile dogs, no problem at all. But if you were an adult male dog that had not been fixed or if you mess with anybody that he thought he protected in his yard, as the kids say today, it was your ass. And uh, I remember when my girlfriend broke up with me, I was, what, 19, 84? Yeah, I was heartbroken. I was too stupid at that time to realize she just done me a huge favor. But uh, I'm just sitting there in the garage and just, just, 
you know, 19-year-old kid, brokenhearted. And who comes up and lays their, lays their head right on my knee and just looks at me? It's Bo. See, he knew I was hurting or whatever, and he came to come for me. He was a great dog. Uh, so I love dogs, but uh, no, the government, other taxpayers should not pay for your, your dog's care unless they want to give out of their own free will. See, that's the real def definition of charity. Liberals think charity comes through taxation. No, no, no. Charity comes from that thing in the middle of your chest. If you know what I mean, and I think that you do, you crazy kids. And that is it for me, my friends. I went long today. I apologize. Actually, I think I did pretty good today. This is one of my better shows, I think. I would give me a five out of five, but that's me. I'm a generous. I'm a giver, not a taker, unless you're giving it away. My friends, thank you for listening. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen, I appreciate it. God bless you. Take care. Take care of yourself. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Hug your kids. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm not partaking of all that cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking and gorging and gorging. I was going to watch the football. Uh, mom's got dialysis because Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, when you get dialysis, means Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. There's, they're, they're closed one day a year, Christmas, and that's it. Uh, I kind of feel sorry for those ladies. It's six days a week, every week, 364 days a year. That's... Uh, I hope they get some extra time off sometime. They work hard and they're they're great. Uh, they do a wonderful job and they're they're very 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 dedicated people. Very impressed with everyone in the medical business uh, since I've been the caregiver for my mom after my dad uh, passed away a couple years ago. Um, and actually, it would have been his birthday a few days ago. And uh, that was kind of a tough day, but hey. That's life. That's life, my friends. Thank you, though, listening for listening. If you're left, you just say right. Rule number one. Rule number two. God bless America. And number three. Go Gators. Can't wait for the new coach. All the rumors are swirling. Who's going to be the coach? Who's going to be the coach? Just relax. You'll see when it happens. I think it'll be uh, quite possibly Bob Stoops if he wants to come back. If not, it'll be Lane Kiffin, I think. Uh, although I don't know about Lane Kiffin. He's arrogant. He's a great offensive mind. And I think he's growing up a lot. We'll see. Some people compare him to Spurrier. I don't know. I've never seen Lane Kiffin throw a visor. Spurrier was a visor-throwing champion, you know. Maybe that'll be part of the interview. Okay, Lane, everything looks good. I uh, love your offense, your attitude, your recruiter, great recruiter. Uh, could you throw your visor for us? Oh, that's pretty good. The old ball coach would have done that. Uh, that that added a star to your name. We'll talk to you later, though. You never know, my friends. God bless you all. Take care. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And let me be the first to wish you a very Merry Christmas. How's that? Like I said, I'm a giver, people. I'm a giver. God bless you all. Take care.